Hello, I'm Andrew Martin. This is Bulldog Insider for Sunday, March 8th, 2020. Tonight on Bulldog Insider, disappointment in Las Vegas for the Fresno State basketball teams. We'll talk about their experiences in the Mountain West Tournament. The Fresno State baseball team tries to avoid getting swept at Arizona State. The softball team tries to stay perfect at home this season. And Danny Tarkanian stops by to talk about a book he just wrote on his father, Jerry Tarkanian. Now, KC24's Bulldog Insider, presented by Fashion Furniture. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bulldog Insider. The Fresno State baseball team played a series at Arizona State this weekend. The last time the Bulldogs played at Arizona State was 12 years ago in 2008 in the Super Regional that they won, which sent them to Omaha where they would win the College World Series. Arizona State doesn't play in that stadium anymore. It still exists, but this is what it looks like now in 2020. The eighth-ranked Sun Devils won the first two games of this weekend series with the Bulldogs game three today. And Fresno State had a couple of different leads, 1-0 and 3-2 after Emilio Nogales drives in Ryan Higgins with this third-inning single. But Arizona State would retake the lead for good in the fourth and go on to win 8-3. The Bulldogs' next game is on Tuesday at home against Pacific. At Margie Wright Diamond today, the 25th-ranked Bulldogs softball team trying to wrap up the Bulldog Classic with its sixth straight win hosting UC Davis and trailing 1-0 in the fourth when Skylar Broussard comes up with two runners on. She brings them both home and herself with a three-run home run. Bulldogs win 3-2. With today's win, Fresno State improves to 21-4 this season, 15-0 at home. Next weekend, the Bulldogs start conference play. They're at Boise State, and they'll head to Boise on a six-game winning streak. The season is over for the Fresno State men's basketball team. The Bulldogs lost their first round game at the Mountain West Tournament on Wednesday in Las Vegas. They got beat by Air Force 77-70, despite making 16 three-pointers in the game. The three seniors, Noah Blackwell, Nate Grimes, and New Williams, all scored in double figures in their last game as Bulldogs. We weren't as good as we would like to be. You know, we showed, you know, the good teams are consistent. They're consistent is what you're asking for. So there was a lot of reasons early, which were not excuses. They were pretty much reasons of how you're not going to have consistency when you've had so many injuries. We had three or four concussions, and Blackwell was out for three games and out for 11 games. New was out for four games. So Nate had a wrist injury for a while. So that hurt us early. But once we got them back, we've been, we've been getting better. We showed more signs of consistency. We just could never really get over the hump. Fresno State finishes the season with an overall record of 11 and 19. And by the way, Utah State won the Mountain West Tournament yesterday. So the conference will have two teams in the NCAA Tournament, Utah State and San Diego State, which is now 30 and 2. Up next on the Bulldog Insider, the Bulldog men only got to play one game in Las Vegas this past week. The women played three. Scott Bemis will join us to talk about that. Next. Welcome back to the Bulldog Insider. That Fresno State men's basketball game against Air Force at the Mountain West Tournament took place on Wednesday. Also on Wednesday, the Bulldog women played Boise State. That was for the tournament championship. Our Scott Bemis had a front row seat. 
After capturing its first regular season conference title since 2012, the Fresno State women's basketball team came here to the Thomas & Mack Center in Las Vegas in search of another big prize. Its first Mountain West tournament title since 2014 and the automatic NCAA bid that would go along with it. Haley into the front court. Drops in the quarterfinals on Monday, the top-seeded Bulldogs opened with eighth-seeded Nevada. And the quartet of Haley and Hannah Cavender, Ali Gomez, and Maddie Udy would prove to be the difference. They combined for 69 of the team's 75 points, led by Haley, who finished with a game-high 26, which was highlighted by a clutch three with less than 90 seconds to play. Now Haley, step back three. Hello! Oh, she got it to go! as the dogs hang on for the 75-71 win. Just one of those games, kind of that, that first game in the tournament, um, always get the jitters out. Uh, and, you know, Nevada had a great win last night, so they were ready to go. I thought, I thought we kind of, um, you know, we kind of braved the storm and, and finished strong. That win set up a fantastic semifinal matchup with fourth-seeded San Jose State on Tuesday night. These two had played two really competitive games during the regular season. But early on, it was clear this was the Bulldogs' night. Um, I think we had a lot of energy from the get-go. Um, we came out making our shots, which really helped and give, gave us energy, and we fed into that. The Docs ended the first quarter on a 20-2 run and led 28-11 after one. Yudi and Gomez shared team high honors with 22 points, and the Cavender twins combined for 32 more. The Dogs led by as many as 36 on their way to a 94-68 win. The 94 points marking the most points the Dogs had scored against a Division I opponent all season. There's a different intensity though, right? You know, it's a tournament play, and how were you guys able to even raise it to a higher level? Um, I think the mentality of this could be our last game, so leave it all on the floor. What can you lose, you know? The win over the Spartans meant a showdown with Boise State, the reigning three-time tourney champ in Wednesday night's championship game. This one would go back and forth in the first 20 minutes, with Boise jumping out to an early 6-0 lead, the Bulldogs bouncing back to take a four-point lead after one, and the Broncos responding by grabbing a four-point lead at halftime. Things were looking bleak for the Dogs early in the fourth quarter, when the Broncos extended the lead to nine. But these cardiac Bulldogs, who had produced several memorable comebacks during the regular season, had one more left in them, making shot after shot to briefly take the lead. Now Gomez open in the paint, floater over McGuire, counted in a foul! Boise answered back again though, and with 15 seconds left, the Dogs found themselves down three when Haley Cavender came to the rescue. A long three, tied at 71 with 7.6 remaining. This one would go to overtime, and with the Dogs struggling to score, the Broncos grabbed a five-point lead with a little over 10 seconds left. But after a Hannah Cavender putback, a Haley Cavender steal and a Haley free throw, the Dogs were suddenly only down two and needing something special to happen. Is she going to miss this on purpose? Yes. It goes backboard, rim, loose ball. Fresno has it. Gomez puts up a shot at the buzzer, but it's waved off. Ali Gomez, a turnaround floater went in, but the whistle blew before she shot it. Unfortunately for the Dogs, the last sequence would be heartbreak instead of elation as referee Lisa Jones blew the whistle before the tying shot, saying afterwards in a statement, she heard someone from the Bulldogs say timeout. At the end of the game, who called the timeout? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm still a little bit of a blur to me. Since the Dogs were out of timeouts, that meant a technical foul. And two free throws in the ball for Boise, and the Broncos go on to capture their fourth straight Mountain West tournament title, 80-76 the final. 
they talked about an audible and that if the official hears it, then they have to call it, I think, because I don't know the rules so much. Um, but Lisa did a good job of trying to explain to me as, as best she could. Um, I still don't necessarily understand it. It's kind of hard when a lot of motions are going on. What was your impressions of the, the timeout call, you know, at the end and the decision that the referee made? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, you just have to go by what the official says. You don't have any control. I think that we just did everything right. Like Coach White was saying, we missed the sh free throw that we needed to get the tip back in. But at that point, um, it wasn't in our control. And that's what's hard about it is that play kind of decided the game. And the emotions were high. Clearly, we wanted to win it. And Scott Bemis joins us now. Scott, the ref said she heard someone call timeout, but we still don't know who on the Bulldogs supposedly called that timeout, right? Yeah, I, I don't think we're ever going to know, really, to be honest with you. Um, in looking at video replays uh, of the final play, both uh, courtesy of the Mountain West Network and courtesy of the CBS Sports Network, it doesn't look like anybody is actually signaling timeout from Fresno State. But if you listen to one of the replays on the network broadcast, you do hear somebody say timeout. You, it's, it's clear that somebody says it. It's just unclear who said it, you know, and where that sound is coming from. Here's the other question. Did Ali Gomez step out of bounds? I was seated right along that baseline um, when she made the rebound. Now, things are happening fast, and I'm sure. a good, you know, probably 30, 40 feet away from the actual play there. Um, I couldn't tell. For sure, to be honest with you. I've looked at some replays, uh, you know, of it uh, off of, uh, you know, again, the, the television coverage. And it does look like perhaps she might have touched the line there. But the key here is the official did not rule her out of bounds. She, she ruled her inbounds. And uh, in her statement afterwards said, after I ruled the player was inbounds, then I determined that they had called a timeout and that they would be charged a technical foul because they didn't have any timeouts left. Boise State led by nine points with less than 10 minutes to play. And if not for that, Haley Cavender three in the final seconds, Boise State would have won in regulation. Who was the better team on Wednesday? That's a tough question to answer. I think right off the bat, Boise State was a little bit more of the aggressive team right off, right off the tip. And, uh, and they were hitting their shots. And, of course, this team uh, knows what it's like to be in the big moment, having won three straight Mountain West tournament titles, uh, you know, coming in, in into that championship game with Fresno State. They're a very experienced team. And uh, they, they had control of that game probably for, you know, three quarters, three and a half quarters perhaps. But down the stretch, Fresno State showed what they've shown all year, that they are a super dangerous team when they're trying to overcome a large deficit. Um, they put together an amazing stretch of basketball for about five minutes there in the fourth quarter to retake the lead. And then in the final minutes, I think it actually switched where Fresno State probably should have won the game at that point because Boise State, two of their best players, had fouled out with about three minutes left in the game. So the final three minutes of a tie game, basically, and then into overtime, Fresno State has their full complement of players out there, all their stars, Maddie Udy, the Cavender Twins, Ali Gomez. Boise State's missing two of theirs, but unfortunately Fresno State went a little cold from the field at the wrong time. So a disappointing finish, but 25-7 and seven is the Bulldogs' record. The season's not over yet, 30 seconds or less. We still don't know exactly where Fresno State's headed in the postseason. The assumption is it'll be the WNIT. Can this team make a deep run in the WNIT? I don't see why not. Uh, I mean, they've got an RPI, I think, somewhere around 60, something like that. They're probably going to host uh, at least one game in the, in the WNIT, I'd imagine. Um, I guess the biggest hurdle they're going to have to overcome is maybe just 
the disappointment, the disappointment of having such a special season, and now you're in the WNIT. But if this team gets up to play, I think they could do some damage in the WNIT because they are one of the better teams in that tournament going in. We'll have to wait. A week from tomorrow is Selection Monday. Thanks very much, Scott, and uh, good coverage in Vegas this week. Up next on the Bulldog Insider, more basketball talk. There's a new book out on Jerry Tarkanian written by his son, Danny. He tells us about it. Welcome back to the Bulldog Insider. We're joined now by Danny Tarkanian, son of the late Jerry Tarkanian, who died a little more than five years ago. Now, Danny has the latest way to remember Tark the Shark. He recently wrote a book titled Rebel with a Cause, the true story of Jerry Tarkanian. Now, Danny, everybody has heard stories of Jerry Tarkanian. What is the true story that you want to get out there? Well, there are a lot of misconceptions, and if you were living here in Fresno during the time my father coached here, you probably read a lot of them in the Fresno Bee and some other places. I just, I, I was a part of my father's program from the very beginning as his ball boy, a former player, former coach, as an attorney for the NC Toy Matter, and I know what uh, transpired here, and I thought it would be good to put it out on paper, have it all documented, but more importantly, talk about the really fun things about my dad. He had a great sense of humor. He was a king of one-liners. He uh, had the greatest um, sarcasm and wit when he was motivating players. And I put all those stories in the book. My dad used to tell a bunch of different recruiting stories, not only about what he did, but other coaches like Jim Valvano and Abe Lemons and some others. Uh, so I put that all in the book, I, and I hope it's very entertaining for the readers. If any of those one-liners are like the ones in Jack Furtick's book, I'm sure people no. will definitely be entertained. Yeah. Why now? Why did you choose to write and publish this now? Well, I started it a while ago, uh, and it took me a while to get it to a point that I took out all the stuff that was personal to me and anything that might have been just my motivation as opposed to what the readers would want. And secondly, you're seeing all the attention now being brought upon the NC Tway questioning their actions that my dad, or dad had questioned 40, 50 years ago. So it's come sort of full circle. After all this time, people finally realize and a lot of the things my dad said about the NC2A is true, and uh, maybe they should go back and reevaluate what he did in his career to understand how great of a coaching career he actually had. I have not had a chance to read the book yet. I understand it's 371 pages. Mike Krzyzewski, Coach K, wrote the forward. Why did you decide on him to do that, and how did you get him to do that? Uh, it was easy. I just called him up and asked him, and he said for sure. And the reason I picked him was because of the epic battles between Duke and UNLV in the early 90s. And there was one great win for UNLV and a very disappointing loss for us, so I thought that was a perfect person. Your dad is remembered fondly in Fresno, and you know that. You also know what those days were like in the late 90s and early 2000s because you were here with him on staff when he was the Bulldogs head coach. How do you talk about Fresno State and Fresno in general in the well, book? Fresno's a huge part of this book. I know UNLV may have a little bit more because of the number of years, but a lot of this deals with my father when he went to college here and the development that he had, the Van Walder or Galder, if I'm remembering correctly, the football coach here at Fresno that uh, built his my dad's philosophy. My dad's according of his, his, my mother here. His first coaching job was San Joaquin Memorial. Then I get into those great games with that UNLV and Boyd Grant had. Even though we weren't here in Fresno, we talked about those. And I spent a lot of time those last seven years. And about what the great community this was and how much they supported my father, even though the years may not have been as, as successful as he had at UNLV, the people here in Fresno were the best ever. So again, the book is titled Rebel with a Cause, the true story of Jerry Tarkanian. Tell people, our viewers out there, if they want to get a copy, how can they? How much does it cost? Where can they buy it? The best place to go is Amazon. It's online there, and it's the quickest way to get it. Uh, it costs $20 for a paperback and 30 for the hard copy. Okay. He's Danny Tarkanian, son of the late Jerry Tarkanian. Danny, thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on, and thank you, Fresno, for all you did for my father.
The Fresno State wrestling team is in Tulsa, Oklahoma this weekend for the Big 12 championship. 11 days from now, four Bulldogs will be in Minneapolis for the NCAA championships. Here are the Bulldogs who qualified for the NCAAs. One of the four also qualified last year. That would be Josh Hokett, an All-American last season at 197 pounds. Now at heavyweight, he finished in third place at the Big 12 championship this weekend. Time now for the Bulldog Insider Play of the Week, and for that, we only have to go back to yesterday. The softball team hosting North Dakota State and trailing 7-2 in the sixth, but the Bulldogs would tie the game and then win it on a walk-off in the seventh. Haley Fuller scoring the game-winning run. Our Tweet of the Week from Wednesday, the Fresno City Rams hire former Bulldog great Paul Williams to coach wide receivers with the hashtag Welcome Aboard. Congratulations, Paul. We'll be right back. A reminder, you can always watch segments from the show online at yourcentralvalley.com. Whether you missed them the first time or like them so much you want to watch them again, the website is yourcentralvalley.com. And don't forget to check out our podcast. Lakers beat the Clippers today 112-103. In the loss, though, ex-Bulldog Paul George scored a game-high 31 points. The Bulldog lacrosse team lost at Oregon today 20-12. That's it for us. We thank you for watching. We'll see you next Sunday. Have a good night.